Hello, and welcome to Gen Nomadic, a podcast and community created by and for the next generation of globally-minded nomads. My name's Julia, and I'm 18 years old, about to enter into a world of post-pandemic apocalypse. I'm just as lost and confused as the rest of you might be, trying to figure out how to navigate a world of such uncertainty. I want to work and travel, but I have some questions, like do I need a degree? How do I travel ethically? Where can I find like-minded people, and will travel still exist post-pandemic, or is it just a thing of the past? Here at Genomatic, I want to create a community of like-minded travelers searching for a lifestyle that works for them. Each week, I'll interview global mentors and explore alternative lifestyle, sustainable travel, and weekly news about how the travel landscape is shifting in the midst of COVID-19. Through Genomatic, I want to empower you to explore the roads less traveled and to find out how you can create a fulfilling, purpose-driven alternative lifestyle in the midst of global chaos. Hey, New Age Nomads. This week, I am interviewing Amina from Indie Odyssey. Um, She has an amazing Instagram where she talks all about ethical and sustainable travel, and she's also creating a completely um, woman-centric travel company where she's going to be taking women to different places around the world um, and empowering them and talking about racial issues and she's just an amazing person and has so many amazing words of wisdom um, and I can't wait to share this episode with you all so I hope you enjoy the podcast and I'll see you on the other side. So hello and welcome to Gen Nomadic, a podcast and community created by and for the next generation of globally minded nomads. Today I'm so excited because I'm here with Amina from Indie Odyssey Travel. Um, And yeah, so nice to meet you. Hey, so nice to meet you too. Um, So yeah, thank you for inviting me on here. (laughs) It's always so interesting to make connections through, through social media as well when we live on other sides of the world. Um, but yeah, so I, um, just a little bit about me, I, um, founded Indie Odyssey pretty much at the end of last year and I was supposed to launch international tours this summer, but then that couldn't happen because the pandemic and lockdown started in March. So, um, it's been an interesting time to try and, you know, start a travel agency. Um, but we're, we're currently working around, um, all the restrictions and trying to do, just basically prepare ourselves for next year um, and just build kind of like an online community and talk about, um, you know, ethical travel mainly is, is what we want to do right now. That's super awesome. So, yeah. so what are the types of trips that you're creating and what is your um, company and organization going to be about? So our main focus point is trips, um, trips for solo female travelers led by female guides. So um, we were starting out with trips um, in Central Asia, so Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Uzbekistan. Um, And the reason is because they are, I've been there myself. I love these destinations. I think they provide so much in terms of um, an experience um, with the culture, the history. Um, It's also rich and fascinating. Um, So yeah, it's supposed to be kind of focused on women because I found that being a solo female traveler on the certain things that I've I've faced and learned and so on. And I just wanted to put all of that experience into um, trips for other women. Um, And the whole point is it for it to encourage diversity in the travel sphere as well, because I've noticed being a woman of color that as I've traveled over the years, I haven't seen as much diversity um, in and around the travel industry, both working in 
a travel agency myself in London and then traveling a lot around the world, I haven't seen much diversity in either ends of those, um, that spectrum. So I really wanted to um, ensure that these trips were not just um, kind of female centric, but then really not digging deeper into what that means. Um, so they're supposed to, we're having these conversations and we're supposed to be um, kind of providing context for women that are from different backgrounds. So they feel comfortable going on these trips too. It's so not uh, women of color, women uh, possibly that have disabilities from different sexual backgrounds, from different religions. Um, so we really want to open the conversation up. That's a really incredible idea. Um, and that's like a very unique perspective to take. That's really awesome that you're creating those experiences for women to connect. So, so how do you create that environment on those trips and how that's really interesting that you chose those places as well. Cause I know that those are really mm -hmm. controversial places for women to be. So like, how yeah. do you create that environment on your trips? So um, the female guide would be the kind of center point of each trip because um, we really want to this not to be a one-sided experience where we're supporting women that are traveling from Western countries, but then forgetting um, or not really factoring in the women that are local. So um, the woman who would be the guide would be um, kind of create she would create this we're, we're hoping that she can create this environment where everybody feels comfortable and where um you know she's really sharing more about her culture from a really authentic perspective um and then also to we wanted to have pre-departure groups whether that be virtual or physical if it was say for example people were in one location um where different women could meet before they go on the trip so they can get a sense of who is who am i going to be traveling with for this week or two um, and so on, and just um, doing activities on the trip that are catered to um, solo female travelers. So um, women that have gone, have joined by themselves and maybe have never done something like this, we really wanna put them at ease um, and make sure that they feel really comfortable and safe and welcomed. Um, so yeah, that, that was the plan for it not to be entirely generic and just have the typical, okay, we'll go on a walking tour and then you'll by yourself and do what you want but to really support their experience in every way possible. So yeah, that's that's our aim. Yeah, definitely. That pre-departure curriculum is super important because it also like, gets everyone yeah. on the same page mentally. Like if you're all thinking about the same ideas and like getting to know each mm -hmm. other, that's like, um, it leads up to like a really great experience. Yeah, for sure. It can be really nerve wracking. I mean, even if you're a solo traveler, um, but you're going on a group trip, it's still nerve wracking because you don't know anything about these people. You don't know. Um, you know who they are sometimes you're all from different countries so I think that that pre-departure like you said it's so important and often in um, group travel it's left out of the equation and it's more just like okay land in this place meet these people and hopefully you'll get along um, let's see what happens <laughs> and I really don't want it to be like that because I know how nerve-wracking especially as a young woman who's maybe um, a teenager or early 20s and so on maybe that hasn't traveled so much um, it can be scary so we don't want it to just be like, okay, just arrive and figure it out. Definitely. That, that makes a lot of sense. There's something <laughs> nice about kind of like becoming friends with strangers, but it's nice to have yeah. that comfortability and that kind of new exciting aspect. And it, it makes sense to get to know people just a little bit before you go. Yeah, just a little bit at least. <laughs> So can you talk to me a little bit more about like what ethical and sustainable travel means to you and also what that means to your business um, and kind of how that plays a role in what you're doing? Yeah, so I think firstly with ethical travel, um, it's really changing and it's changed so much over the last year. So it's not really um, 
something that you can just research and write down and say, okay, this is ethical travel. But I think um, it's gotten to the point where people are really starting to open up and think about it from different perspectives. So say 10 or 20 years ago, people wouldn't have seen um, the concern as riding elephants. Whereas now we know that that's cruel and we shouldn't do it. Um, the same with volunteering 10 or 20 years ago, it was seen as a great experience to go volunteering. And now it's morphed into volunteerism, which we know isn't necessarily ethical, um, sustainable, or just it's not right in many ways. Um, so it's constantly changing. And I think that right now I've noticed that it's great that we're having a conversation around the environment and how we can be sustainable when we travel, what we can take, what we can do, um, how to avoid littering and so on. That's amazing. Um, and I think that a lot of companies are talking about that, but something I've noticed that isn't really being talked about is um, the diversity element and also the privilege element that we as travelers, we have, especially when we travel with Western passports, we have passport privilege. Um, some people have white privilege. These are things that we need to talk about and address because it impacts the way that we, um, it impacts local communities and it impacts how um, they present their culture, it impacts their livelihoods um, and so on. So I think that a lot of the narrative now with ethical travel needs to be around um, how we travel, our intentions, um, the kind of experiences that we seek, um, are they negative, um, are they positive and so on. Um, so I think in going back to what that means for the business, it's more kind of addressing things from um, the local point of view as well. So not just creating experiences for Western travel uh, travelers, but to actually think about, okay, so are we supporting local businesses? Are we um, doing it just for show? Because that's not really going to be helpful. It needs to be um, as kind of impactful as possible. Um, so discussing that with the local guide, with local businesses um, and so on, and really thinking about the cultural element, like not trying, the thing that I think a lot of travel agencies do without even realizing it is exploiting local culture and local um, practices and so on for monetary gain. And that's not what we're about. So we don't want to have shows and dances and kind of, you know, um, just performative elements to it, um, because I think that that's not really ethical. Definitely. I completely agree with that. And it's like kind of going off of what you were saying. It's like we're in this time of a travel reset. That's at least like mm -hmm. the way I've been talking about it. We're like, um, this pandemic has actually given us a reason to kind of change the way that yeah. we're traveling and thinking about things more ethically and sustainably. And like companies like yours, like you're already thinking of those things. And it's kind of just about keeping all travel organizations and companies accountable um, for being mm -hmm. ethical and sustainable. And it's hopefully it's going to be like this mass travel reset. Yeah, hopefully. I think that it's really been a wake up call. Like you said, it's been um, you know, from seeing how certain places the waters have been become crystal clear or animals are returning and so on, um, just because they're not, there's not a mass, a load of tourists there. So that's been really amazing to see how, um, you know, we can better impact the environment if we just travel a little bit differently to, what, to how we're used to. Um, but yeah, I think also around the Black Lives Matter um, movement really coming to the forefront, where a lot of people are talking more about race and what that means in general, um, in different elements, um, and especially with the Black community. And I think that it's also important for companies not to be performative in their allyship and to really think about, okay, um, this isn't just temporary, like being sustainable or being ethical or being inclusive, these elements are not just temporary because 
it's something that's talked about right now. It needs to be something more permanent. Definitely. What are ways that you think us as kind of like individual travelers and the next generation of travelers can participate positively in like that reset that you're just talking about, about like racial aspects of travel and about sustainability and travel? Like what are ways as travelers can we participate in that besides um, contributing to companies like yours and ones that are being progressive? Sure. Um, I think that it's a mixture of things. So I think that the way we research is a major thing. So not just researching and reading from um, blogs and kind of travel magazines and so on that are, that are elitist or that have been written solely by Western travelers, looking um, and trying to research and connect with people and ask questions um, that have grown up in a place or that are from a certain place in a respectful way, of course. Um, and then also slow travel, I think is it's a, a main, a major thing. So kind of thinking, why do we travel? Really thinking about is hopping on a plane for a day just to put it on Instagram or social media, is that really sustainable? Or should we think about um, how we can slow travel and spend longer in a place and really um, you know, fly less, use more overland travel and that kind of thing? Because it does require time and money, but I think those kind of adventures and aspects of travel are so much more fulfilling than just the quick instant um, kind of weekend getaways for looking flashy. Um, so those are a few things. And also kind of starting to look at things less from a Western perspective, if, if um, the person's a Western traveler and trying to put, you know, read certain materials and look at things and research things to look at how it impacts um, people in the country that you're visiting. Because I think that's something that's not really been done in the past. Definitely. And understanding that like that relationship between the traveler and the tourist and that it's like not just yeah. this transaction, like I give you money, you give me an experience, but like how am I affecting you and vice versa? Yeah, exactly. Like we're guests when we travel. So I think that it's something that we need to readdress is we're not explorers, we're not discoverers, we're, we're guests. So how can we um, be good guests and, you know, really be respectful and not leave a negative footprint where when we travel? Definitely. And kind of going back to what you're talking about with like slow travel, it's really interesting because every, yeah, everyone just wants to check something off of their bucket list. But I think what people don't really realize is that when you're looking for that authentic experience, you know, everyone's kind of looking like, where can I find the best authentic experience? Slow yeah. travel is actually the only way to do that. You're never going to get an actual authentic experience unless you know people in the location you're going to, unless you really like create roots as well and you understand on the streets and how to get around and the best places to eat. You're not going to feel that authentic local experience unless you're slow traveling. Exactly. And so much of that can be done when you, um, for example, so many of us, we have friends that live in other countries or that we've studied with and they're from another country. Sometimes it's, you know, instead of just going to a place because it's a fad or somewhere that we've seen on social media, it's really nice when you travel to connect with friends or even family members that you haven't seen in a while that live abroad um, and then have those authentic experiences through knowing people in a place rather than trying to pay um, solely to have authentic experiences, which often aren't authentic. It's kind of ironic. Definitely. I, I really agree with that. And I'm also just wondering, because like you have done such a good job of sharing all these messages on social media and like spreading the message, like 
because social media is such a, t a powerful tool, especially in this yeah. day and age. Like how, like, do you have any advice for like spreading this message of ethical and sustainable travel? Cause I know you've been creating some amazing posts, but um, as travelers and like when we're sharing pictures of destinations, like, I don't know, what are ways to like, to kind of encourage like the message that you're trying to spread? I think, um, so yeah, social media is amazing. And especially in the last few months and through the pandemic, it's been used to really elevate um, important messages. Um, and that's, that is definitely amazing. But I think, for example, one thing that we've tried to do is not use, when we're trying to demonstrate a point, not to use pictures that then are the opposite of the point we're trying to demonstrate. So often I see um, trap you know, um, images of travel, whether that's on websites or social media, um, and they're amazing, but then they're very much through the Western lens or they're very much kind of, um, it's, it can be a way, in, it can play into poverty porn sometimes where you're talking about trauma, you're talking about poverty, but then you're showing these images that are very raw and real and often they're not even taken with consent. So it's ironic because it goes against what the point is. So I think that imagery is so powerful and social media is powerful, but um, creating um, imagery or posts that aren't always explicitly in your face of this is what is happening in another country yeah. um, because trauma isn't the only way to get a message across um, so I think that yeah kind of maybe I've noticed like a lot of people are doing illustrative illustrative posts sorry um, or doing kind of written posts and so on and I think that that's one really good way um, to spread a message is by writing and not just solely by trying to get people's attention with really raw imagery um, and even what you're um, what we're doing right now having conversations um, listening to different conversations um, watching videos about people talking and not necessarily just the videos that we're used to um, where it's you know these travel shows um, that are just often I find them to be distasteful um, and just very much old-fashioned in the, the mentality behind them. So yes, kind of seeking maybe different um, voices as well in the travel industry. Definitely. And then like for people that are just, you know, kind of um, not creators on Instagram, but for mm -hmm. people that are just consumers, but then might post photos of them traveling. Like, would you say that there's any way to approach posting about travel? Like, from the do you know what I'm saying like from the traveler's yeah. perspective like is there a way to approach that in a more ethical and sustainable way I think um definitely thinking about why you're posting the picture and who is at the center of the picture and um is it if you're posting a picture with you and other people say for example they're local people um are you trying to put a message across that you're helping them or that you're saving them or you know um, why are they even in your picture in the first place and if you're not in the picture and you're taking a picture of local people um, again why are you taking it what is the intention behind it and then thinking about how it can be perceived so for example um, I've noticed that a lot of imagery of people of color in um, other countries it often includes nudity on some level or you know whether that be with children or adults and I find that why is that okay when it's people of color in other countries that wouldn't be the case if that was a, a child in a Western country or a white child. So really thinking about why are we, why are people sharing these kind of images of people in the global South? Um, and if that's the case, if you're on a trip in a, in a country in the global South, um, really thinking twice about sharing imagery of local people. Is it respectful? Um, is it showing, is it showing them in a fair light? Did you ask their permission? Number one would be a great place to start. Um, 
and is it showing only the negatives because I find that growing up I watched a lot of kind of um, travel blogs and YouTubers show their travel experiences through videos and often they would show the negative sides of a place or just the stereotypical um, sides of a place that we assume when we think about that country in the west um, and they wouldn't often show the, pl the place from the perspective of local people like what do they how did they see that home what is their story and what is the beauty that they want to share so I think that that's a really key message is that um, you know not sharing things that are kind of just exploitative definitely and like when you're talking about that post like when you're posting and why you're posting it like if you do post something maybe your comment section isn't or like when you're when you make a caption maybe you're not just saying like look at me this is a beautiful place i went to but maybe explaining the issues that you came across in this location or or mm -hmm. sharing the story of the person that's in the photo because um like I've, I've noticed when i'm traveling it's like something something that you should do is like know the people's names and have conversations yeah. with the people that you're taking the photos of like you you can't just take a photo of someone and then post it and like imagine a family member asks like you know who is that or what and you don't know like you don't even know their first mm -hmm. name and we have to be i feel like yeah i really agree with that point and that like we need to be really conscious of like what we're sharing and how we're sharing. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, people aren't spectacles and they aren't kind of there for, you know, us as travelers, they're not there for our amusement or, um, you know, just to be photographed. It's that's whatever they wear and however they live, that's their daily lives. It's not for us to kind of come in and start to um, photograph and show off yeah. um, for the sake of, because often that leads to, um, fetishizing and exoticizing different cultures just because they're different from our own in the West. Um, so I think that that's something that that's another place where research comes in and even just asking in a really polite way, if there's somebody you can ask, is, is it offensive if I do this or if, is it rude if I take a picture, um, you know, of this situation or of this person? Um, so kind of thinking twice is a really good place to start. Definitely. And like when you were just talking about like taking photos of people, like it's something that just came to mind was like, it's, we're not, it's not a museum. Like the world mm -hmm. isn't a museum where there's like people placed for you to go take photos of and to like interact with in the way that you want to. It's like they're real people living real lives. Um, and yeah, I feel like the Western culture really like encourages that idea that like they're just there for our like, in, you know, entertainment or like amusement. Exactly. In this really messed up way. That's a really great point. Yeah, we wouldn't do it at home is, is a, another good place to start thinking about these things. Um, growing up in the UK, I wouldn't go to a local park or a local, I don't know, um, restaurant or something, see somebody in a great outfit or just somebody that I wanted to take a picture of and go and take a picture of them. That would really be bizarre and kind of rude and, and just very strange. So it's something that we, we don't act like that when we're in the West, generally speaking. We don't go up to cute kids in the street and say, let me take a cute picture of you so that everybody knows that I love kids. It just doesn't really work like that. So why is it that we think um, or that people think that's okay when they go to other countries? And I think there's a lot of quest, you know, questioning that people need to do behind that, you know, white savior complex or the whitewashing of um, certain cultures and just um, kind of stereotypes that are really perpetuated in the West that stem from colonialism. It's something we talk about a lot um, is decolonizing travel. And 
I think that that needs to really come into the conversation with ethical travel because it's often just completely left out of it. Yeah, definitely. Can you talk a little bit more about that and like what that means and how you've experienced it? Yeah, so I think that um, with decolonizing travel, it definitely encompasses a lot of things. It's not a singular thing that I can try and wrap up, but a lot, a lot of how Western people travel to countries that are considered being in the developing South, um, a lot of um, the, the excursions that happen, the kind of trips that people take, um, all of that, it, a lot of it stems from colonial times. A lot of the assumptions, the stereotypes, the, um, the harmful consequences stems from colonialism, um, even to the point where, for example, even if you look at statistics, so many people from um, the UK travel to ex-colonies such as India. So many, I was talking to my colleague who's German and she, say, she told me that a lot of Germans travel to ex-colonies such as Namibia to go on safari and such. So it's still being perpetuated currently, even though those countries are not colonies to this day, colonialism has still left its impact and it's still continuing, especially through travel and tourism. So I think that we need, that's, that's where a lot of the, the mess, um, the kind of considering how we um, interact with local people and why we're going to a place and all this questioning and research comes back into it. Um, because we, we often travel in ways that we, we've seen on these travel shows where the, the guide is an elderly white person and the way that they travel is the way that people would have traveled, you know, 50 years ago. It's not really relevant today. We really need to um, readdress why we go to certain countries and, you know, why certain things are deemed appropriate when in, in actual fact they're not. That's super, super interesting. Yeah, I've never really thought about that or heard about that too much. That definitely needs to be a bigger part of the conversation. And yeah, the idea that like we're doing what our ancestors did in like this really weird mm -hmm. messed up way, that's really not, that's not, that's not good. And that's really, that no. should be a main aspect of this travel reset, like really thinking about that and doing research. But I feel like what yeah. you're doing on social media, like that's the perfect way to demonstrate those ideas and really explain, because that's really that's very deep and not super tangible to just talk about in every single conversation. Mm -hmm. Like people can be like, Oh, like let me carbon offset or let me like bring reusable straws. But like, let me think about the way that my ancestors like colonized this place that I'm going to like, that's a, that's a much harder conversation to have. For sure. It's not even a conversation I've seen being had um, in any, um, maybe, maybe because they've been had, but I've not found it yet. In, in terms of other pages or other agencies. Um, and the reason that it means so much to me or why I really um, am thinking about it and have we've been discussing it so much is because, um, you know, my grandparents were from Pakistan and India. They are from an ex-colony um, and my ancestors lived under colonial rule. And it's the reason I'm here in the UK. It's because of colonialism. So me now being having the privilege to travel um, it's something that's very new for people of, um, you know, my heritage. So when I travel, it's also like I see things from a different perspective in the sense of I am a woman of color, but yes, my um, grandparents were from a colony. And all of these aspects those are what have led me to really think about these things more deeply. It's not really something that just came off the top of my head. It's something that has really taken years of travel to try and digest and understand and break down. Um, and, and start to think about more deeply. 
Um, and, and yeah, so I think that it's not really something that's being talked about a lot because not a lot of people really understand it or relate to it um, or kind of even considered it yet. Um, but I really want to keep talking about it. Yeah, you definitely should. And hopefully that that's a bigger part of the conversation very soon. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, can you talk a little bit about like your journeys traveling and kind of how like your love for travel, how that turned into the business that you now have, and then kind of, yeah, just like what you've seen also on the road, like, like you're just talking about with ethical, sustainable travel, colonialism, mm -hmm. just all, all of that stuff. <laughs> all of that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started traveling solo when I was um, 18. Um, it wasn't really something that I just woke up and decided I was going to start traveling. It was really um, partly I, I felt like I needed to do it because not a lot of people or women in particular from my background um, solo travel. It's just not um, generally culturally accepted. I'm not speaking for all people of my cultural background, but I'm just saying that um, it can be a little taboo. It can be a little bit, um, there is a conversation, there can be conversations where um, people think that women shouldn't travel by themselves or that it's too dangerous and so on. So I really wanted to break these stereotypes and barriers and just surpass all of that and start traveling by myself. Um, so that's the reason, the main reason I started doing it. And then I, like many travelers, I started to love um, the feeling of being in other places and meeting people from around the world um, and really having these, these different experiences. And that's what led me to keep doing it. Um, so in the last few years, I lived in different countries such as Australia, the US, um, traveled around, um, I'd say six continents, but not, not sub-Saharan Africa yet. So that's, um, I really want to travel more um, there when the pandemic's over. But anyway, yeah, so all of these experiences um, that I, I, I witness a lot of interesting things, but also a lot of negative things. And I found that when I was reading travel blogs and re looking for advice on how to go to certain places and, and to travel in certain places, these negative aspects weren't often talked about. Um, it was often left off the conversation. And a lot of the times people just talk about what you should eat in place or what you should see or what you should climb, but not um, you know, the issues that we're facing certain countries or how we as travelers are the issue sometimes. Those conversations weren't often being had. Um, so I started to become more conscious of these things. And that's when I started to slow travel a lot more. So I'd spend up to months in certain places um, just kind of trying to really understand the place from the inside as opposed to just hopping in for, for a quick minute. Um, and working abroad was one way I did that and also by becoming a digital nomad. I don't really like that word and I try not to use it because I think it's really cliche, but um, I started to freelance and then it, that allowed me to slow travel whilst working um, and keep, keep kind of moving whilst not being broke. <laughs> so that was, that was a good way to do it. And, um, and yeah, that's all of those experiences is what led me to, to create Indie Odyssey because I found, again, I think I, I mentioned about seeing a lack of diversity whilst traveling is really disheartening. And often when you're at the receiving end of racist commentary or microaggressions, it can feel like you're isolated because you don't fit into the local culture as a traveler, but then you don't also don't fit in with the other travelers because you're not, um, you know, if you're not white, um, often you feel like left out in certain spaces. And, and that is what led me to want to create these, these group trips where 
different women from different backgrounds, races and, and religions and so on, um, felt comfortable and safe enough. And by safe, I don't just mean physically safe to travel to Kazakhstan, but in that they would feel like they're in a safe space with other women that wouldn't um, kind of be basically racist or basically, you know, um, exacerbate certain situations that made them feel uncomfortable. So that's the, the kind of um, element that I wanted to bring to this business because I know a lot of agencies do um, kind of have tours that are trying to be sustainable and ethical, but often they don't consider people of color as going on their tours and what that even means. So I'm really not trying to um, build a business and then start to address these aspects. I'm trying to build a business around these aspects. Yeah, like from the bottom of the system, like you yeah. create, that, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. yeah, I feel like, I feel like what you're just talking about, like the people on the group supporting each other, like having a similar mindset with people that you're traveling with is so important. And that kind of makes or breaks an experience. Like if you're around people that are thinking similarly to you and you have similar mindsets and you've prepped for the trip in a similar way, then you're just going to have a better experience and like create a way better community. So that's, that's really awesome. Definitely. And it's good that a lot of more of these kind of conversations are happening on social media, off social media, within families and so on, especially over the last few months. So that's really amazing that a lot more people are starting to open themselves up to these kind of um, issues and conversations and really doing their research. Um, so that that's really great. Um, but I think that for a lot of women in particular, I just say women because that's, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of focused on women, uh, female travel, but a lot of women haven't even had the opportunity to travel even before the pandemic because maybe they were worried about how they would be perceived in certain countries or they were worried about how they would be perceived by other travelers so that conversation still needs to be had about creating these safe spaces for different women um, to feel comfortable and safe enough to um to even start traveling in the first place definitely that is that is really true yeah we think in our heads like oh it's gotten so much better like society is moving forward so much with women's rights and things but to some extent it's still like a mental and it's a mental game and a mindset and it seems like the business that you're creating is really addressing all those points and hopefully that that can be like a major part of the travel reset that like that women are a part of the equation in travel and that that should be more normalized and like encouraged and supported exactly exactly and just the intersectionality um between for example being a woman a woman of color a woman um, that is part of the LGBTQ um, community and so on. There's so much intersectionality between these communities um, that often isn't talked about in, in travel and what that means. So for example, as a woman that is maybe, as a, so, so say for example, if me and you traveled to the same country, we might be perceived completely differently um, because you know we're different ethnicities and different backgrounds and so on. So that's not really something that's often talked about that how you, how you present and how you look, your race and so on, can mean that your experience as a traveler is entirely different, um, both in a positive and negative way. So it's not necessarily um, just saying that, okay, well, you're going to have a better experience. That's not always the case. It's just having the conversation of how, um, especially race can impact a traveler's experience. Definitely, that is very, very important. And I hope people start to realize that that's like, more important in the travel sphere and like when you're thinking about travel than like 
the location that you're going to or like mm -hmm. what you're doing like as an activity that like these ideas and conversation around travel are like what's gonna make travel in the long term like become sustainable and happen for a long time because if we don't address these things like they're just gonna perpetually like get worse um mm -hmm. and yeah I think it's really important like what you're doing it's really amazing thank you <laughs> yeah yeah I mean hopefully um once this calms down we'll actually be able to run our trips <laughs> definitely that's really exciting and I will I will let everyone know when those trips are available I, I would be very interested in taking one too that sounds amazing sure. yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> we'd love to have you I'll be there myself actually <laughs> that's so cool and so you're one of the leaders of the trips I don't want to be a guide or a leader because if it's not my country I just don't feel like that's right but I want to especially in the beginning um be there on the trips um so be in central asia just because it'll be nice to meet different people and um meet all these amazing women that hopefully want to take the trips um and just be a part of kind of creating these mini communities hopefully definitely that's amazing um and just to end this all out do you have any advice for the next generation of travelers and nomads for people that want to live and travel differently I would say um, listen and learn. So by listen, don't just listen to um, popular sources of travel information. Um, really seek different kind of voices, a variety of voices and an inclusive um, group of um, people that are talking about travel so that you, you can really diversify your mindset when it comes to travel um, and, and learn in terms of just, there isn't one way to learn about um, different countries and how to travel whether that be YouTube or social different aspects of social media um, there is so much that goes into it from reading books especially a lot of the books that have been talked about lately that are around um, race and racial equality to kind of um, podcasts like this for example so there's a spectrum of places to get your research really don't um, pigeonhole yourself into just looking at one aspect or one way of, of doing your research when it comes to traveling just keep an open mind um really have different conversations and seek different opinions that's amazing yep that's a great summary <laughs> of it all and then where can people find you on social media or learn more about your business and everything so um currently mainly on instagram we're not doing too much stuff outside of that yet but we hope to um so on instagram we're indie odyssey travel and then our website is just indieodyssey.com so yeah, and feel free to just get in touch. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. It's lovely to meet you. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Um, again, if you want to see more of what Amina is doing, um, you should check her out on Instagram at Indie Odyssey. We should check out her website and stay tuned for her travel company and all the amazing trips that they're going to create. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you next week.